Hey guys, it's Izzy here with another podcast. Today we're going to be doing my book haul, showing you all the books, or telling you about all the books that I got in January. So this month was definitely a better month for book buying. I didn't buy as many books as I had um, thought in December. Well, December there was Christmas, so those books came in. I was in DC, so I had used bookstores at like I could go to used bookstores and um yeah and then in November I just I went crazy and bought a lot of books um I am going to apologize if there's any animal sounds in the background because I am filming this during the middle of the day which I usually don't do so I do have my dog and um, one of my cats in here with me so you might hear them but let's get into talking about the books that I got so how I do this I do it in the order that I received each book so the first book I'm actually currently in the middle of, and I got this on the last day of 2021, but since it is from a viewer, Ben Bird person, they got me this book and I wanted to include it in like a, you know, a main thing. So, and not just in a blog. So this is Ubik by Philip K. Dick. The main character runs a business that helps protect corporate clients from spies who might go in their mind. The business is to give privacy and safety the owner is hurt in an attack by a rival and is put into a coma where he is in a dreamlike state. The other members of the company start experiencing strange things, like having his face appear in places where it shouldn't, and the technology is getting less intelligent, and the crew has to find out what is causing this phenomena before it is too late. So this is a classic sci-fi. It was published in 1969, so way back then, over 50 years ago. Um, I've read several works of Philip K. Dick. I've read The Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, and I've read his short story collection, or maybe, I don't know if it's all his short stories, but I did read a bind up, and then obviously I'm currently reading Ubik. So this isn't the best I've ever read by him, and it is not the worst either, um, but I do think it has gotten better as I've gotten more into it. I'm currently 73% of the way into it. Um, also, speaking of, since this is a science fiction, our main focus this month for book buying was science fiction, so we will see several of those on this list. But our next one is a fantasy, because we, um, yeah, is Nolan by, I think it's Michael Sullivan. Let me see. Yeah, Michael J. Sullivan. So here's what it's about. The heir to the throne has been in exile for hundreds of years. He is suddenly reinstated to the military to be on the front lines of the war. He is on a mission to rescue an outpost that is deep inside enemy lines. The thing is that the outpost does not exist. Someone has sent him there to make it look like his death is just another casualty of war. But who would be behind this act? I already have theories just by reading that description. So I have read one book by Michael J. Sullivan. And it was an average read for me. So that's usually... I give an author three chances. And then if I don't like... Those three, three strikes you're out of the old ball game. Yeah. So this will be the second book and it is much longer. I think it is set in a different universe than his other book. So I'm willing to give this a chance. I'm trying to see if I see that one book that I read by him, but I'm not seeing it. I might have unhauled it. I don't remember. So I'm willing to give him another chance. I think this sounds a lot different than his last book that I read. And 
Yeah, this one just really intrigued me. When I added this to my list, it didn't register that it was like the same author, but he still has a few chances on the board. So this one is, I wasn't supposed to buy like any historical fiction this month. Like I can in subscription boxes and whatnot, but not, you know, at Barnes and Noble, but it was half off and I was like, why not? So that is the Ballad of Laurel Springs. A young girl has a school project where she has to research one of her ancestors. She uncovers that her four times great grandfather murdered his lover. The act was written about in a ballad. The girl's aunt tells her the story and she believes that everything her aunt says is fact. This is a story of family, music, and violence. So I don't think this book would appeal to a lot of people in the book community, like on booktube, because more and more people are keep hearing saying they don't like historical fiction. Historical fiction is my favorite genre, so I do think I do a great job bringing it to light. And I hope more people will just give it a chance rather than just reading fantasy and romance. But obviously everybody can like what they like. The world would be boring if we all like the same thing. So why I picked this one up is I love ancestry stuff, genealogy stuff. If you saw, if you saw the, or heard the last episode, then you know that. And like the four times back is when I think, hmm, it's when I'd say that is the last confirmation really, but of like, you know, you're related to that person. I, it's kind of confusing to talk about, but yeah. I think it'll be good. So our next one is another sci-fi, and this is a popular booktube one, and I found out about it through booktube. So this is Red Rising. Daro is a member of the lowest level of society. He is working on Mars to make it more livable for future generations, or so that's what he thinks. He soon discovers that he is just a slave and that there are sprawling cities all across the planet. Daro longs for justice for himself and those alongside him. He gives away everything to take over an institute run by the highest members of society. He is forced to compete for his life. So I've heard this is like a Roman Empire kind of inspired sci-fi and that really fascinates me. And then also I'm really interested of he doesn't know that what he's doing is like that he's a slave. Basically, he doesn't know he's a slave and that there are sprawling cities. Like, how do you not know that? Like, I'm really curious about how all that will, under, will go and I think the world building in this should be very fascinating and it's actually quite short um I thought it would be a lot longer than it is but it is not it's a pretty short book so then we have another sci-fi here and this is by one of my probably my favorite sci-fi author Sylvia Nouvelle so a history of what comes next Mia's family is the family that has helped humankind reach outer space. The process has taken many lives and made them choose between hard choices. It is now the 1940s and Mia's turn has arrived in her family's secession. She has to try to convince a Nazi scientist to switch sides and join the Americans to help them with their own space race. I've heard this is like a first contact novel. Um, so if you don't know what that means, it means when humanity first makes contact with aliens, extraterrestrials. So, you know, I love that trope. I guess it's that considered a trope. I love that. But and then this is going to be like a satire. Um, I haven't read that many satires um, in my reading career. So something new and different, but I really like Sylvia Nouvelle, so I am confident that I will like this. Um, 
I've read the Themis Files. I finished that series in November of 2021. So um, it's good to get back into his writing. The next one is, I actually got the third book in this series, which is Burning God by R.F. Kong. And I plan to start that book this week. So I'm not going to tell you what the third book is about, but I will tell you what the first book is about because obviously I don't want to spoil it all for the whole series. So here's what it's about. So Rin was a war orphan, a shop girl, poor and unloved. The only way to get out of that life is to marry an old man or get an education. She does not want to marry a man who is three times older than she is, and she does not have the money for a tutor. But she studies on her own, endlessly, to get herself into the highest ranking military academy in the empire. Once at the academy, she must deal with the prejudices that other students hold against her. She's too dark, too poor, a girl. They judge her for everything that is that is until she shows them what she can do, that she is committed and willing to learn the powers of those used by shamans. She is willing to end the war that is yet to come. So I'm going to be finishing this series this month. I started it back in, I don't know if it was October, maybe, I don't know. It was sometime in the last quarter of last year, and I've really, really enjoyed it. It's... It is high fantasy, but at the same time, it's not like, you know, medieval. It's based on the, um, basically Japan and China during World War II. I am not remembering what that exact conflict is called. There's a really interesting blog post about the history that inspired this series that I have not read the whole blog post yet because the, the, um, author of the blog post said there might be spoilers so you would probably best finishing the series before reading the blog post so I do have to wait till like next week but I've learned a lot because obviously I've read about the things in the book and then I will go look at the real life inspiration behind it and I've learned so much because in school to be honest I didn't even know Japan and China like went against each other in World War II I didn't know anything about that. So I didn't learn that in high school. So it's been really fascinating getting to learn about all of this. And I actually do have a book coming in the mail that um, in February that is a historical fiction about the same time period, um, a Chinese perspective that Poppy Wars is at, the Chinese perspective. And it's, yeah, it's a really great series. I've been doing it on audio and following along in um, the physical books, and I've been annotating them as well. So I've definitely loved doing this, and I do really recommend doing the audiobook. So then we have The Fortune Men. This was, it won the one, I don't know if it was nominated or if it won the Booker Prize. So this is a historical fiction. Um, so Mohammed is a well known, is well known in the sailing community of Tiger Bay in Cardiff. Everyone knows him for plenty of reasons, but not murder. A local shopkeeper has been murdered and people point fingers at Mohammed. He is um, not worried as justice is usually served in the country of Wells, but he soon finds out the prejudice and cruelties that come that comes with it. So I learned about this through Hardcover Hearts, which I always mention her channel. It's one of my favorites and I've learned about so many good books through her. Um, so definitely go check her out. So this is a historical fiction, as I said, in the 1950s in Cardiff. Um, I have spent some time in my life in Cardiff, and it is a very nice place. It's a very underrated, because usually when I know people and they go to the UK, nobody goes to Wales. It's always like England and Scotland 
mainly England. And I'm like, y'all need to go to Wales. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to keep it. It's my little secret. It's very nice. <laughs> um, but yes, I really like Cardiff. And I haven't read any books set there. So there's that in the 1950s. And then this is going to be like a very moving story of this is the um, first man that was, or the, not first, sorry, my bad. The last man to be um, sentenced to death in Cardiff or maybe in Wales in general, but and was was he guilty? Who knows? I haven't done any research on the real case because usually I do like to read the book or watch the movie, whatever the form of media is, and then I go and research the facts behind it. So then we have my book of the month pick, and that is um, Magnolia Palace. Lillian is having a hard time after the death of her mother. The Spanish flu has ravaged the country and America is just getting out of a war. Before all of that, Lillian was one of the most sought-out models in New York. She's inspired many great pieces of art all over the city, but after the death of her mother and the scandal, no one wants to hire her. That's when she comes across the Frick Mansion. Lillian jumps at the chance of having a job and becomes the secretary for the heiress of the family. So this is um, a common theme that I've been seeing in historical fiction releases this year is where we have a lot set in like 1918 with the Spanish flu. I think COVID brought that because COVID is often um, compared to the Spanish flu. So I think that brought the Spanish flu to a lot of people's attention because, yeah, I did not know what the Spanish flu was before COVID. And so I think we are. It's not that I think I know we're seeing more books that are taking place about the Spanish flu, but this is a time period that I find very fascinating. It's old world meeting new, basically. Um, world War One is one of my favorite things to learn about. And since like, yeah, eighth grade, I was like, when did I take on world history? Um, oh, wait, that may be freshman, not freshman, um, seventh grade. I think eighth grade was like South Carolina history. Um, but World War One is something that really fascinates me. So I am enjoying that we're seeing more books that are taking place in that time period. So that's why I chose this. So the next one I got is actually the um, Book of Magic by Alice Hoffman. But this is... I don't know. I don't want to call it a series, but they are kind of all related, but years apart, and you can read them as standalones. But I am going to tell you about the first book, which is Practical Magic, which I'm sure some of y'all have probably seen the movie. I have not, but I have read one book in the series, and that is The Rules of Magic by Alice Hoffman. But I do eventually want to read the whole series, hence why I got this book. So the Owens family in Massachusetts has been condemned as witches and blamed for anything that could go wrong in the small town for the past 200 years. As children, Jillian and Sally did not escape the ridicule and were tossed aside as outsiders by the other children. Their aunts come together to help them love themselves and what they are. So witches. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> um, next we have another science fiction. This is a newer release. I think it came out last year and that is the actual star. This is a very anticipated book for me. So the story starts with the ancient Mayans with questions of their existence and what will come next for their empire. Then it jumps ahead to 2012 when a woman goes on a journey in the jungles of Belize to find herself. Then another jump far into the future where this woman is seen as a religious icon. 
So religious icons and religion in general, it's very interesting how these things form. I recently watched a video on Mormon Mormonism. I've never said that out loud, um, which is on the channel Useful Charts. It was all about the Book of Mormon and all of that. And it's just very interesting to see how these religions form and um, or how like with Mormonism, um, how it's kind of a break off from Christianity, um, how like Judaism, Islam and Christianity are all related, you know, Abrahamic religions. And so I'm curious to see how this all plays out. And we also have um, reincarnation, I think is one of the themes here, which is something that I haven't read like fic a lot of fiction about it. I've read um, people's experiences or people who think they were reincarnated. I've read stuff like that, like articles and whatnot. I need to stop saying whatnot. And then the multi-timeline. We talked about last week or two weeks ago that that is probably my favorite trope. So then we have one that I got in the subscription box. So this isn't a book that I would usually pick up, but that's, that's like to learn about new things and all that. I am always open to that kind of thing. So a curse and ash. So Aisling is a witch who has fought for control in many realms, including disputes with the Fae. She finally has her life together, such as having a stable relationship with a fiancé who happens to be Fae. Then a stranger comes into the mix who would do anything for Aisling. She now has two men on her side who will protect her through anything. So this is like a fantasy romance. I don't think I've read any fantasy romance. Maybe, but none are coming to mind. So that it's something new to me and um, I'm excited to see where it takes me. So our last thing here is I read a trilogy this month. So I bought the the second and third book in the series. The first book I had won in a giveaway um, like two years, three years ago at this point. And that is the book of the unnamed midwife. And I've been told you can read these as standalones, but I personally don't think that's a good idea, but it can be done. So, but I bought these as eBooks, so I don't have like a physical copy, but they are on my Amazon wishlist. So if any of you guys would like to find me one, that'd be very nice, but don't feel obligated. So here's what the first book is about. So a fever takes the world, um, mainly killing women and children. This plague makes childbirth even more deadly for the women for the woman and infant involved, enter the midwife. She is one of the only women left and she has to help others who are still out there, either helping them through birth or finding contraceptives in this world dominated by men. This book gives me nightmares still. Or this series gives me nightmares. It is a science fiction series, but is basically a horror series to me. Just thinking about this is literally like my worst nightmare ever, and I hope that I never have to live through something like that. <laughs> so then I actually did get a book in the mail today, so I didn't have time to write up a synopsis. So I'm just going to read the first paragraph that is in um, on the sleeve or whatever. So this is How High We, we Go in the Dark by Sequoia and Nagamatsu. So in 2030, a grieving archaeologist arrives in the Arctic Circle to continue the work of his recently deceased daughter at the Batagaika 
Hearts Crater, where researchers are studying a, are studying long-buried secrets now revealed in melting permafrost, including the perfectly preserved remains of a girl who appears to have died of an ancient virus. Like, I only to read the first and last paragraphs when I get a book, and I read the first paragraph and I kept reading the page, and I'm like, nope, I don't need to start a book. I would have started this book um, this coming weekend, but I can't because I have to finish Ubik. So I don't know when I'm going to get to this, but it just sounds so good because the book of the unnamed midwife made me realize like, I love pandemic books, epidemics, whatever you want to call it, like everyone dying and it being from a sickness and there's only a few people left. How are they going to survive? Like, I love that trope. And this has deckled edges and it's very small. Like if I would have seen this not knowing anything about it, I would have thought this was a YA book just by the way it looks, but it is not. And ooh, Samantha Shannon left a review on the back of Blurb. She's one of my favorite authors. And then I don't know any of the other ones. Or The Immortalist. That's, we talked about that. So Chloe Benjamin is an anticipated book. And yeah, so I see several um people who I have books on my TBRs, but they're not really like authors I've read from before, except Samantha Shannon. So I think that book sounds really good and I can't wait to get to it. But I hope you guys enjoyed this video or not. It's not a video. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I really enjoyed doing it. And yeah, so be sure to check out my YouTube video of this same topic that comes out tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that will be on January 25th, 2022. And I hope, it I hope to catch you on the next episode. Bye.